Here we go. It's the DC Sports Huddle, or actually this week we're renaming the show, calling it the Three Amigos or something like that. Is that Dave Johnson along with Rob Woodfork, Dave Preston? Uh, whenever somebody's missing, we just say they're on assignment. It could mean they're sleeping. It could mean any number of things, but Chris Chion and George Wallace are on assignment. Wallace is probably working, and Chion has probably made enough money in sports betting. He's on an island somewhere. We may never see him again. But I'm with uh, Rob and Dave, and, and we start with, uh, well, <laughs> of course, something, a big shakeup in the Washington football team. After all these weeks, uh, there's been a change in, in field goal kickers. And, and with due respect, uh, that's a tough position in the NFL that, it, you know, you can make a 50-yarder like Dustin Hopkins did in the first half against Kansas City Chiefs, and you miss a critical one, and, and you're out of a job. So Chris Blewett is now the field goal kicker. And let's face it, I know I see the smile, Rob and Dave. I know you're smiling, too. We've always been taught not to make fun of people's names, but it it, it just seems like a... I've done it on air so many times. Right. I mean, people are probably sick of me. <laughs> well, and people are probably saying, you know, he's probably making that up. His real name is Chris Johnson or something. So let, Dave, let's where start. Does, where does this rank with... Uh, wasn't there a guy, Frank Burkowski, who was in yeah. the NBA? Yeah. Which, yeah. if you're a shooter, you don't want that name... I think Grant Balfour was a pitcher for Tampa Bay at one point. The guy who pitched for the Dodgers earlier this week, Walker Bueller, not exactly ideal either. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but Blewett is in that pantheon of bad names for your profession. Well, and, and I know it's not sports related. Well, it sort of is because I think he owned part of the, the Mets, but uh, he took money for a lot of people and his name was Bernie Madoff. And your last okay. name is made off. Like, yeah. You know, so anyway, but uh, <laughs> on a serious note, Dave, I'll let you continue. Uh, the, the change in, in field goal kicker, that that's not going to save the day. No, it's not. I mean, he uh, Hopkins did miss two extra points and he did miss two field goal attempts. And he would have missed a third had uh, the New York Giants not been offside. So he... He's not the kicker of the future for this team. If you looked at his stats over the years, 89%, I think, his first season in 2015, 79% last year. So kickers don't get better necessarily as they age. But he's not the big problem. This is a defense that is last in the NFL in stopping the pass, last in the NFL at getting off the field. They allow the most points per game. And although they didn't have that 17-play, 93-yard soul-crushing drive like they did against the Bills, I think this was 15 for 96 and only seven minutes off the clock against the Kansas City Chiefs. And George Wallace told me earlier this week that in the press box, when the Chiefs got the football with 10 minutes to play, they said, okay, they'll get it back or no. This game's over. They're going to take the ball. They're just going to methodically move the football down the field and get points, and that's what they did. Uh, this defense has a lot of issues. That's and there are enough good pieces on this team that you wonder what the problem is. Some say it's injuries. It, it, it's a shame that you know Jamin Davis had the best season or the best week of his rookie season last week, and he was just an afterthought because so many tackles, especially on third down, being made by the defensive backs. It means that passes are getting completed in front or behind them. Uh, or the first two levels aren't making plays in the run game. We've said that all season long. That's an issue that's not going away no matter who kicks for you. And, and Rob, as I'm watching you, you're probably suffered a neck injury just now, agreeing with Dave Preston, <laughs> what most he talked about. And again, as, as I talked about on Monday morning, it's, it's, you know, what do we take from the fact that the, for the first half, uh, they, they hit Patrick Mahomes six times, sacked him once. 
held them to 10 points. And was it a false dawn or was that uh, what the Washington football team defense is, is capable of? And, and I think at, at the end, uh, you, you believe there's there, you hope anyway, that they are capable of more of that first half performance, but Rob, your take. Well, I, I, I have to see it to believe it at this point. And uh, to look at this defense is to be disappointed on a weekly basis. I mean, they're, they're the only team in the league giving up over 30 points per game. I mean, that's just not sustainable, especially when the defense was supposed to be the strength and the backbone and the heart and soul of this team. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the change in kicker, I mean, I think it needed to happen. Uh, I think it should have happened long before now. And I know that his percentages are not bad per se, but it's when he misses. The ones that he misses are the ones, the critical ones you got to have, or the ones that change momentum and swings it the other way to the opponent. That's the thing that's been troubling. And uh, and, and to, to me, this is sort of symptomatic of what has been the issue with Ron Rivera since he's come here is that it feels like he's brought a lot of the wrong people from Carolina. I mean, forget about what's going on with the trainer right now. Um, you know, it just feels like, like, and, and you guys laugh at me for the Cam Newton thing. I, I kind of feel like he would have better than the 86.9 quarterback rating that Taylor Heineke has right now. Uh, you look at the kicking situation. That's the big example right now. Uh, Graham Gano was out there to be had. They picked uh, they picked Joey Sly over him in Carolina. Graham Gano goes on to be a really good, reliable kicker for the Giants for going on two seasons now. That's a guy that we knew here, and that's a guy that Ron Rivera knew very well from his time in Carolina. He passes on that, and uh, and and then and then Joey Sly, who beat him out is available. And then he still doesn't bring him in. So it's just like, I don't, I don't understand some of what Ron is doing in terms of bringing in people that he is familiar with. Uh, but that aside, the defense, I don't think it's something that gets fixed this year. I think that there's going to have to be some, some pretty big uh, changes overall uh, to that defense, uh, whether or not steam needs to be changed, that's up for debate, but in terms of the personnel, uh, the second you got to move on from Landon Collins, you got to fix that mess at uh, linebacker and uh, and figure out for the love of God what it's going to take to get that defensive line. They have so much talent on the defensive line. They have backups that could be starting on other teams. There's no reason why you should be performing this poorly. It's one thing if you're if this was a middle of the road defense, that's disappointing based on the talent that they have. But to be dead last in scoring unacceptable yeah well and, and that, that's why I, I think really it is was a false dawn what happened in the first half against the, the Chiefs and, and that's the thing the Kansas City Chiefs have been beating themselves they lead the league right. in turnovers that's just that, that's an aberration that I don't think you can rely on on a week I, I turnovers are the sort of thing that kind of uh even out over the course of a season so I feel like they're going to have a stretch in uh uh November December where they're protecting the football better and they're going a couple of weeks without turning it over at all. And so I, I think that'll even out, but just, and also Kansas City that, that, themselves. that wasn't Washington. Right. Well, and also that first half was probably more of an indictment of the Washington offense. that they can only turn three turnovers uh, in, in the points. seven points. And that that's part of the offensive struggles uh, we're, we're dealing with. But I think the problem with the, the defense now is I've watched them and I've watched them all season. We've all watched them all season. You'll, you'll start to see some, Maybe some positive things, but but you always have that anxiety in your in your stomach that a big play is coming at any moment, and the, and that secondary 
uh, will continue to be a sieve and continue to be a problem. When I heard Ron Rivera, and and I think obviously, and I think we all agree, he's, he's a quality coach. When he used the the quote, "Your record is what you are, or you are what your record says you are," yeah. I thought uh, that's that's a point of frustration because he really doesn't have anything else to say at that point because we've had a big enough sample size now this season to know that this is not going to get fixed this season on, on defense. This is not a league where when you get on the train and you get midway on your journey that you can fix things because injuries are going to derail certain things. It's just typically it can happen. Yes, you can get on a late winning streak in the NFL, but it's it's not a, a standard operating procedure or something that should be part of the uh, your game plan. So uh, I think also, uh, you know, we're starting to see bad karma things happen like that. Uh, the Sean Taylor Jersey announcement where it was tried to be sold to us that it was planned way in advance, but yet it was just announced the, the Thursday before the game. And then, you know, fans uh, were tweeting to me that there were no Sean Taylor jerseys available in the, the gift shop. So if it was planned months in advance, you know, what's the explanation for that? And so I think there is a bad karma thing that happens in sports. And I think we've seen it with this Washington football team where good coaches, whether it's uh, Marty Schottenheimer or, or, or uh, Mike Shanahan or now Ron Rivera can come here and, and think they can be part of the solution and, and karma kicks in and it's not good karma for Washington. I mean, that's it's almost as though last week. <laughs> it's almost like a reverse car wash. I think maybe, I think Tom Lavero of the Washington times put it that way, where, you come here with the reputation and you leave and it's somewhat sullied, whether you're Mike Shanahan, who doesn't get a job after being here, uh, Jim Zorn, who was had no really was not qualified to be the head coach of this franchise, definitely not getting any sniffs for even a coordinator spot after that. You look at different, even even Bruce Allen, who was kind of a just just a flunky. You know, when he came here, he left a very incompetent individual, very inappropriate guy, too, when you you know, heard about the emails and stuff like that. So it's hopefully uh, Ron Rivera can reverse the trend here because it stinks not having a good team here. It stinks having a team that hasn't won 11 games in a regular season since 1991. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate for a fan base that was so into this team when there were no other real team, when there was nobody else playing in Washington, D.C., uh, before the Capitals and, uh, and, and, and Wizards moved to uh, what was then MCI Center, there, there were no other teams in the city proper, really. And this this was the, this was a Washington football town all those years. And it's a shame that things have turned, you know, as they have over the last 25 years. Uh, I know that we're going to be talking Wizards. Uh, two things uh, before we move on. One, uh, Rob made a, a great point about uh, the, the kicking and confidence, too is it's not just the numbers but the kicks that weren't attempted the pressure to go for it on fourth down once you got inside the 40 inside the 35 because Ron Rivera didn't have confidence in his kicker and you saw a couple fourth and shorts where they probably should have gone for the field goal but it wasn't even going to happen because there was no confidence in Hopkins and two we talk about third down Washington not getting the job moving the chains not getting the job getting off the field we saw it this past Sunday where I think the Chiefs converted eight straight third downs in the second half to run away with it. So you can't do that. If you can't make plays on third downs, it, it, it simplifies what is wrong with this team now. 
Yeah, and you were just talking about interest in the team. Maybe that's the most glaring stat that the Washington football team is last in the NFL in attendance. And, and now this has been going on a long enough time. There is a generation of people in Washington, if you tried to explain to them that there once was a waiting list for season tickets, they'd say, oh, come on, Dave, you're, you're, you know, you, what are you talking about? You're, you're making this up. No, there couldn't have been a waiting list for, for season tickets. Uh, now there's a waiting list to get out of the Washington Stadium <laughs> in the third quarter, and that's that's where we stand here. I mean, they are, we're going on 30 years since yep. the last. No, no, going yep. on 30. No. The 30 year anniversary is right around the corner, and right. and, and to Dave's point, I wouldn't even I, I would settle for just a team that you can be proud of, yeah. that you're not ashamed of, as opposed to uh, somebody who's competitive and who's competing for championships and all of that. If you're going to be, I mean, the Cubs for a lot of years were lovable losers. Like it was a lovable thing. You can lose and still be, uh, you know, revered in your town or be loved in your town. The Browns were that for a long time. Uh, Washington can't be that because there's literally no piece of this franchise that makes you feel good. They don't perform on the field, off the field. There's scandal and controversy galore. There's just no, and, and the owner is completely unlikable. And as I wrote in my column last week, as long as he is at the top of that, you know, pecking order, we can expect to see much of the same. And it's, it, it sucks to say it's discouraging and it's frustrating, but that's where we are right now. And until it changes and, you know, and I'll, I'll say again, get, get those 650,000 emails out. Let's find out everything that happened within the context of that controversy. And let's try and fix this once and for all. The NFL isn't interested in getting the truth. They're interested in getting whatever keeps them profitable. Well, no, the, the NFL at, at times you could compare it to the old Soviet Union, the way they run. They very much control, manipulate. They're, the they're so powerful. And I better look over my shoulder now that I've made that statement because it's, it's a, a league that – uh, I do believe that the NFL decided uh, that it wanted uh, Gruden out uh, because he didn't resign immediately and it leaked those emails. I, I believe, though, and, and pardon me if I've got this incorrect, but I, I was, Tom Levero had the column day press. You mentioned him. There was even a theory that, well, wait a minute, was it the Washington football team that, that leaked his emails to, to get uh, at Bruce Allen? So uh, when, you, when you start having this CSI criminal investigation become the focus and not the X's and O's, uh, then you know you don't have a successful franchise. The only franchise that could be successful and be embroiled in litigation was Al Davis. And that's because he was suing the NFL and he could win Super Bowls at the same time with, with the Raiders. Yeah. What the Washington football team is dealing with is, is, is far more serious uh, allegations and lawsuits than, than Al Davis was dealing with. Before we move on, any uh, you know, there was even a question, do you want to switch to Kyle Allen? Again, I, I don't. I don't think Taylor Heineke is the, the long term answer. But I, that's not. Uh, you know, this Washington defense is. Uh, pardon me, offense is capable of more than thirteen points. We've seen that. It, it, the, and I'm. We stand by the quotes. I think also that you, you hear what the players think of Ty, Taylor Heineke. This is not the. They've got some belief in Taylor Heineke. So you stay with that. You don't start changing that. With the defense not fixed, that's it's a point, a moot point. And even still, Kyle Allen ain't that dude. I mean, until Ryan Fitzpatrick is healthy, that's the only time you have a question at quarterback. Kyle Allen, we've seen enough of him, not just here, but also in Carolina, to know he's not the guy. 
All right, let's and move can we on. Just talk about a team that made the playoffs last year, like the Washington <laughs> Wizards. Well, yes, and, and that's that's where I'm going to start with as as the Wizards. That you know, it's easy to forget, as I wrote in my piece on WTOP.com, that we are talking about a team that made the playoffs because there was a coaching change, and often you know that doesn't happen, although it certainly does uh, many times as well when you don't progress as far in the playoffs as as you're expected to or want to, or there needs to be. Uh, a change. So Wes Unsell Jr. now is, is in charge of the Wizards. And I, and I think we enter a season where the hope has to be the Wizards become one of those teams that happens every year in the NBA and they surpass expectations because right now there's, there's not a lot of high expectations from the outside on this team. But this was a team that was third in the NBA in scoring last year at 116.6 points per game. You do have a player in Bradley Beal who could average uh, 30 points a game and, and proved it uh, last year. So when you when you start with just those two numbers and their ability to score, uh, if, if as Tommy Shepard, the general manager, sometimes if you just improve the defense by one, two, or three possessions, it, it can make uh, a big difference in, in your trajectory. And quite frankly, they did get better defensively, although now it's a new team, but toward the end of last year, because that's how they did make the playoffs after being 15 games uh, below 500. Dave, we'll go to you. Your thoughts, and we'll I like the I like the fact that Daniel Gafford is uh, is going to be here for a while. He, I mean, he was a game changer. It's some sometimes the trades and moves that you make that you know they exceed your expectations. His addition last season was absolutely fantastic. You know, and until Thomas Bryant gets healthy, this is a guy that they need. I, I like the commitment, the talk by Wes Unsell Jr. That yes, we're going to commit to defense. On another note, I'm not going to eat as much during the holiday season this December. So it's one thing to say it, but it looks like these guys are really committed to it. And, and you hope that's the case. You hope that this is something that can be maintained over the course of an 82-game season because the last couple of years under Coach Scott Brooks, the focus was to get better defensively. I think Wes Unsell Jr. is a guy who can do that as opposed to whatever was slipping through the cracks previously. So, so I'm cautiously optimistic, maybe optimistically cautious, because an 82-game slug is a long season, and uh, and you never know with the Wiz. But I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of product they'll have. The home openers this Friday, I'll be there and uh, sending back updates for WTOP. All right, just don't wear that shirt. That's Pacers blue you're wearing. That's home over. Rob, you're too good. I'm interested to see, and I I agree with Dave on uh, the uh, Wes Unseld edition. I think that he is, uh, he's paid his dues. This is not a guy who, you know, comes in because of his name. I think he has really paid his dues and he's been around long enough to, uh, to earn this opportunity. And everything that we've heard about him, everything we've heard from him uh, suggests that, uh, that this is a really good hire and they're going in a positive direction. The thing that I want to see is uh, how Spencer Dinwiddie does, because, you know, we were talking about the, um, the, the tradition at the point guard position that the Wizards have had. And even though they haven't had the on-court success that we would like for them over the course of the last, you know, let's call it 20 years, they have been really solid at the point guard position for much of that time. So, Having Dinwiddie, if he's that guy that he was in uh, in 2019, then they, they've got something. A guy who's averaging 20 points a game, seven assists, uh, that's that's a real nice pairing with Bradley Beal if he is healthy and he's back up to uh, being that guy. Uh, I love the size that they acquired in that uh, uh, Westbrook trade. 
uh, getting bigger guys and being able guys who can stretch the floor and also rebound the basketball. I mean, that, that is huge. And as you mentioned, Daniel Gafford, I mean, I, I what was it? Uh, the 17 and five down the stretch since they had him. So yeah. I, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that this guy is a, a spark plug and, um, and, and, and uh, one of those glue guys, you always need one of those glue guys it, it, to, to have the two stars or, you know, the three stars, like a lot of people have, I mean, that, that, that's great. And obviously you need that to be a championship contender, but if you don't have the glue guys, that's the difference between winning and losing in the playoffs. And I think Daniel Gafford is one of those glue guys, but I'm interested, Dave J, if, uh, if I can ask you this, because, you know, he's a center Gafford is you're getting Thomas Bryant back. I mean, can we play those guys together or are we playing them in tandem? How do you, how do you, no, how I do think you, you can play them together, Thomas Bryant and, and Daniel Gafford. I think it also the center position is an example of the options this team has because you just mentioned a, a glue guy. A Montrez Harrell is somebody that when the Wizards acquired him, that may have been the most player, the player that I was most excited about because he gives, and I mean this in a good way, gives the Wizards something they have not had a, a dog type player who's going to get out there. <laughs> who's going to play with a lot of, uh, I don't know if energy is the right word. He plays with a ferocity, and I hope that is a word. Please Google it because it might not be. But no, you're good. <laughs> really uh, infuses energy in the rest of the team, and we, we saw that in the preseason. I certainly witnessed this when we had to play against him. So you bring him off the bench, uh, and suddenly the, the game changes, and you're going to notice him, and he creates the right kind of chaos. And the Daniel Gafford uh, experience is not uh, an accident. He had 17, I don't care if it was preseason, he had 17 rebounds in a, in a preseason game. So now you have a Wizards team that you're talking about getting better on defense. Well, they have rim protectors, guys that are going to get you out of the lane when you're talking a Gafford, uh, a Montrez Harrell. And you're, the exciting thing is you're talking about different players. Thomas Bryan and Daniel Gafford, needless to say, are, are not the same uh, player. And, and, you know, Gafford is a classic example of what can happen where it's fit and opportunity. The, he was not wanted in Chicago. He was saying, you know, I'm playing myself out of the league. He was mentally not in a good space. He comes to Washington. They say, we want you all of a sudden we are now we see with the, the Daniel Gafford, I'm oversimplifying it, but the fact that he was wanted by the wizards, he felt like, all right, this is a place that I can do something. He is, he is doing it. The other thing that Wes Unsell Jr., his defensive approach, if, if fixing teams' defenses was an easy solution, uh, every team would do it. And, and as Wes Unsell said, he tried things in Denver where one team would be successful with a certain, and he would try to apply it to the Nuggets, and it wouldn't work. So it, there's not one size fits all in fixing defense. And so I think what's going to work in Wes Unsell's favor is his ability to, to, to form relationships, make connections with players, because that's that's part of pushing the right buttons defensively. And, and that may be the most exciting thing. We might see the best defense we've ever seen of Bradley Beal because there won't be as much pressure on him to score 30 points a game. He can, but with this lineup, I don't think he needs to. And I think we saw some brief flashes of that in a brief uh, preseason. Uh, so suddenly if, if there's not as much pressure on, on Bradley Beal, uh, I think this gives the Wizards a, a better chance at, at long-term success. So there's a lot of aspects of this team while they're, as I started this by saying, there's not a lot of expectations on them, 
But you look around that roster, there's the Kyle Kuzma's, the Contavious Caldwell Pope. These guys, Montrose Hill, these are guys that know how to win. Uh, you know, you pick up an Aaron Holiday, who, uh, quite frankly, is not on, on, I don't think, anybody's radar. And you see him out there the way he plays with a whole netto. And it's and I just called Montrose Harrell a, 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 a dog-type player at the center position where he brings that that energy. Well, that netto and Holiday play with that same kind of energy. So this is a, a team that's going to get after it, that's going to play hard and, and is going to score. And that that can be a, a recipe for success in the NBA. And how long do you think the it'll take for the defense to come around? Because I mean, you said uh, like it is a uh, it is a process uh, just to get your system in place and get guys used to it. And uh, how long do you think that it takes for the defense to get to the level that we expect? Well, that's the million dollar question. How long the defense? How long? And again, this really is as much as I said. Well, I remember it was a playoff team last year. This is a whole new team. Yes. There are key players that are coming back, but this really is a new team. So I think it, uh, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope made the comment that it that it's you know about once it becomes a chain reaction, you have trust in in all of your teammates that are on the floor. Defense, in his words, becomes easy. Um, you know, it was a quick preseason. I'm not saying they should have had eight games like the old days, but uh, as they start this season now, I, I think there's going to be some rocky moments. But it circles back to. Uh, you, you can solve a lot of defensive problems if you can protect the rim and protect the lane. And I think the Wizards are more capable of doing that uh, in October of 2021 than they were a year ago. That's good enough for me. What, what, what's the prediction? Are you allowed to do a prediction? <laughs> you know, I got, the, I, got, uh, I got them winning 38 games. Gentlemen, are we still going? Yeah, we're still going, yeah, we're, Dave. We're still going. You're just in time yeah. for the prediction. What do you think the Wizards do this year? I got them well, 38 games. The problem is, I have, uh, okay, okay. I, I, I was thinking in that I, I'm saying 40 and 42. Okay. Oh, no, right. I well, can't do ties. No, I can't do ties. No, right. I, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be more optimistic. And I think this team does make the playoffs and it is 42 uh, and 40. Uh, and one of the things is, as we just talked about all the positives of the Wizards, I had myself talked into a 50-win season, and then I have to remind myself that I'm the same guy that picked Washington uh, to have 10 wins in the football season because I was starting to think about all the great things on defense. So I should not be allowed to to make uh, predictions. It, it it just should you know it's like I I don't have the right eyesight. You shouldn't drive after midnight. No, but you got the like you got the fan mentality though. Fans are always optimistic, right? Right. Before well, the season and you know so there's nothing wrong. And, with and that. you know I'll say this when when you are um, it is when you're close to a team like in this case for me the Wizards it, it's sometimes I don't want to say it's hard to be objective, but you do appreciate the work that's put in that that, right. that in, in, in the case with this team and so. You want to believe that that work is going to pay off. But guess what? The other 29 teams are, are probably working just as hard. But I, I do think this is a team capable of making the playoffs. And I, do, I don't think 42 wins uh, is, is, out of, is a stretch. So I'm going, to, I'm going to go with that. And I think basically we're all in the same ballpark prediction-wise. Yeah, I mean, they would have to stay pretty relatively healthy. And, uh, you know, some things would have to break their way, obviously. To, uh, to me, that 42 wins, I, I think that would be a best-case scenario. But um, yeah, I, I think it's totally attainable. I don't think it's ridiculous at all. Yeah, no, and, and you just hit the injuries. <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. Cool. So I'm saying if knock on wood, you know, Beal goes down for, you know, half a season, then that's that, you know, the, everything is different then. So. All right. Well, uh, based on that. 
Before we wrap up, if I can do just a minor audible at the line of scrimmage in the huddle, going to shift gears one second. Last week, we were talking about the Capitals as they were starting up their uh, season. One of the question marks in my piece last week on WTOP.com, Evgeny Kuznetsov, which uh, koozie will we get this year? He's having a great start, two goals, four assists. He had a bad pass uh, Tuesday, uh, what is it, Tuesday evening that led to a shorthanded goal for the Avalanche, but we're getting the koozie that we had hoped so far. Small sample size, only three games, but all signs point to we're getting the guy that we thought that we had a couple of years ago. Almost and had a trick. He was inches yeah. away from a third goal. <laughs> well, and that's, that's, that's why we sports always gives us hope because I think we, we've written off of getting his nets off and, and Peter Laviolette made the comment that uh, they've had a rocky relationship, but he also noted that Kuznetsov put in the work this summer to change things, and now we're seeing the benefits of that. So we'll end on a happy note. See, uh, Rob had Bradley Beal injured. He's going to edit that out of the piece. It's already giving me a headache. Oh, he, 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 <laughs> we wish good health for everybody and changes in, in, the, yeah. in the positive direction. And we thank you for spending some time with us. Break.